After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Dennis Francis, President and Publisher for the Star Bulletin and Midweek Newspapers. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Dennis Francis. Welcome to our show, Dennis. Thank you for inviting me. So as President and Publisher, what is it that you do on a daily basis? Well, it's not real complicated. I manage the, the daily Star Bulletin newspaper and the two midweek weekly newspapers that we, we publish. Is that busy doing two publications? I mean, it's kind of two, but it seems like three because you have two midweeks a week. Right. Well, we publish the Bulletin seven days a week, and then we have a lot of other products that go along with it. Once we started, obviously, publishing the first midweek, the, the second one became uh, quite natural. We use a lot of the same staff as we did the first one, so... Uh, we have a few days break in between to, to give us some time to, to publish. So can you take us in the path of what led you to this position today? What led me to this position? How, how, how far down this path would you like to go? Where, where are you from? <laughs> where I'm from? Well, I was born uh, in Kentucky, uh, and there's two parts of Kentucky. The one part where I was from is the Appalachia side, the eastern side, more in the coal mining area. My father was a coal miner, and I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, we moved there when I was, a, uh, I guess, basically an infant and started the newspaper business there in Ohio at a very, very small daily. You started and, uh, as a writer? Or as oh, a no. I, I've always been on the business side, uh, started in the, in the circulation side. Actually, when I was, uh, I guess, about 19, 20 years old, I was going to school at a small community college. And uh, back in that era, money was tight and we were one of those families that didn't uh, qualify for financial assistance, uh, but we didn't obviously have a lot of money either. So as money became tight, I uh, uh, answered an ad in the local daily newspaper for an entry-level uh, management position that we all see from businesses uh, throughout that offer those kinds of positions. And I applied and got the job. And How old were you, a, when you when you did that? Uh, I think I was uh, 20, I believe. That's so long ago. You know. <laughs> it's hard for me to remember, but... Uh, and I went to continue going to school for a few more months uh, during that time and was probably working uh, 75, 80 hours a week at, at this new position. And I, and I knew that that was for me because I really liked it. It was really enjoyable and I ended up uh, being one of those uh, college dropouts because I loved my, what the career path that I saw. And what was that position? Because you said entry level, but entry level at 80 hours? I mean, that's a Well, lot. I'm probably exaggerating. It's probably more like 70 but uh, the title was, that was just... back when they can get away with 70, 80 hours. Yeah, well, they had a, their own problems with uh, the labor issue as it came up later. But uh, but it was, the title was district manager, and, and uh, uh, basically it was just a, a supervisory position of all of your contractors and the carriers and those kinds of things. And then how did you end up in Hawaii? Well, I moved. I received my first promotion when uh, one of our other executives left Ohio and Went to South Carolina, and I was still fairly young at that time. I was probably 21 or 22 years old, and 
mentioned that there was this young guy back in Ohio who might be good for this management position in South Carolina, which is where he uh, was. And I was pretty excited to get that first phone call of seeing my career move and, and wasn't sure what I was, what my next step was and uh, accepted the position and uh, was there for about, uh, about six years and then went on to uh, Washington, D.C. in another management position in, news, in the business side. And I was only there actually for about a year and then uh, joined the Gannett Corporation in 1987, and that was in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, I was there for a, a few years, and one snowy uh, November day when it was getting dark at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I got a phone call uh, from our uh, uh, corporate headquarters that wanted to, to uh, interview me uh, in a few days for the uh, vice president of circulation position at the, at the old Hawaii newspaper agency. And it was 17 degrees below zero outside, and they said Hawaii, and the rest is history. You travel more than people in the military. <laughs> How did they get your name, though? Were you applying to different locations? Well, from from Vermont, or or we're originally from, from Ohio. Like South Carolina. Was oh, those were uh, those were the days, and they're still quite popular. But uh, I was in the once you get involved with headhunters and executive recruiters, they they kind of have your name nationally, and and they start. They always keep you're, you're a revenue source for them, so they always keep calling you to. After a couple of years, you've been somewhere. They want you to go somewhere else, so uh, they can get a fee again. So. Well, was it culture shock for you when you first got here to Hawaii? Oh, yeah, I'd never been. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was at a time where they wouldn't pay for or allow you to come to Hawaii to check it out, so to speak. Even though it was a big promotion, the uh, the sexiness of it all was just being considered and and getting the position, and and you just had to. Uh, there basically there wasn't a lot of internet back then, so you had to pretty much. And the cost is much higher here, right? Uh, it was considerably uh, higher, yeah. And I was young, so he didn't have hardly any uh, money that he had set aside, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway because I wouldn't have had that kind of money to to uh, put into the home because back in the late eighties, that was the mm. first real big uh, housing uh, boon that they had in Hawaii, so the costs were already quite high. Did you, did you think about going home at that point? Going no, never never considered going home. I, I When I got off the plane, um, uh, it was 84 degrees, and and we had uh, a record in Vermont before I left where we had uh, 12 or 13 straight days where the high uh, never got above uh, zero Fahrenheit. Uh, so that was quite a difference, and I was happy to, happy to be in Hawaii and happy to uh, get accustomed to the to, uh, the the differences in culture and, and, and those kind of things. So it was quite, a, quite an experience. It was quite a learning curve for the first uh, year or so. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The greater good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. 
Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Dennis Francis, president and publisher for the Star Bulletin and Midweek Newspapers. Dennis has more than two decades of experience in print media. When you got off of the airplane, was it kind of love at first sight? I mean, you get off and you're like, okay, warm weather. and you know. Oh, yeah, it was it was love at first sight. My my residence at the time, I think I stayed at the, the Ilakai Hotel for uh, the first month or two as part of the corporate package. Could so be worse. Could be worse. And... and uh, I just walked around. Well, I've never been to Hawaii, of course, but I walked around Waikiki and see all the palm trees and and the the blue water and and. You must have been shocked from the the prices, though, being living right there in Waikiki, coming from the mainland. Yeah, it was quite a price sticker shock, but but you really do get through it, and you figure out ways to economize and and either do without certain things that you were having before. But I ended up uh, buying a home, but it was certainly far out. Uh, on the other side of the island, it was in uh, Makakilo. Huh. Uh, and that was before, I don't seem like I've been here that long, but that was before Waikeli and and Kapolei, so to speak, because there was just Makakilo when you wanted that to go. That was country then, Country. Right? And right. it was all cane field, and uh, the cane would still burn, and the trucks would haul it away. And and if you, when you lived, I feel like I'm talking about the 70s or something, but it wasn't that long ago. Uh, you lived in Makakilo, you had to go to the, the grocery store in Waipahu. What do you think is the hardest thing you had to overcome in doing business here in Hawaii? Probably uh, not making mistakes on mispronouncing things, you know, and and uh, because you know people will sense you know after you've, over a certain amount of time that you had enough time to learn, and and if you you still fumble on on some of the uh, the Hawaiian names or or um, customs or those kind of things that you know you you might be on the outside looking in. I wanted to go back a little bit. You mentioned that you kind of stopped college for a bit because you were really interested in the media. Did you ever finish college? No, I uh, didn't necessarily stop. I I dropped out. So it was uh, it was a decision I made at the time. Uh, it was easy when you're young. I mean, you're you're that age and you think that the world is is ready for you. And um, uh, and I was earning good money because I was like I said I was working seventy hours a week, all that time and a half. But um, I loved what I was doing, and, and I didn't feel like it was work, unlike uh, things that you did around the home, whatever. Those other things were was really work. Where, but um, Where did you learn your business sense then? Because, you know, it seems like you're a natural leader, you know, a natural businessman. Made some mistakes. And, uh, you know, I, I know it, it sounds corny to say school of hard knocks, but, you know, you, you just have, uh, you do a lot of reading. Uh, you, you read everything you can, and... Um, not necessarily, you know, those technical books or those kind of things, but, but even things like back in the, you know, when I was starting out, uh, the, the old uh, "In Search of Excellence" by Tom Peters and, and and those kinds of things, those business books, and you learn to apply uh, some of it, and, and a lot of it you ignore because it's just not uh, practical. And and if you have any uh, any social skills at all or any uh, people sense, then you get a feel for. Uh, how things are being perceived and and go from there. What are some of the more common mistakes you see other business people doing that maybe you've done or maybe you haven't done that uh, you can give some advice on? I think uh, maybe 
giving up on things a little too quickly. One of the things I learned uh, a long time ago, because I experienced them, where I went through some, I initiated because it was my bright idea to make some sort of major change in our business, whether it was a, a pricing action or, or a, a complete marketing uh, strategy difference, that um, the first week, the first month, the first two months, you know, people are coming into you with reports and and you're looking at them and thinking, I wonder how much longer until I'm fired <laughs> uh, because this is obviously not working out to what I had anticipated. And, and actually the first time I, I uh, did something like that, I was in a panic because, I, again, I was quite young of, of how wrong I was. And so I, I went to uh, my boss, who was the publisher of the newspaper at that time, and and said, you know, this is really, really bad. And uh, he was quite patient, and he said, well, why do you think it's bad? And, and I went through. We, we spent the next couple of hours walking through. Here's all he wanted to walk me through all the, the components. And uh, and as I started doing that, I, I found that well, not everything is is bad. I guess there are some things that maybe you know are, are coming around. And he he pretty much uh, said, well, let's be patient and and you need to to let the market adjust. And so let's you know I think you you might you made the right call. And uh, sure enough, a month or two later, the whole thing came in what we had anticipated and um uh if if it would have been my decision at that time and i wouldn't have had you know, if he would have said what do you want to do i would have said well let's go back let's go back and do the way we used to do it and uh, that would obviously would have been a mistake and, and those are the ways that you you you're certain to not grow and to not uh get better if you just keep doing the things the way that they've always been so thanks for tuning in stay tuned for more on greater good radio After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Dennis Francis, president and publisher for the Star Bulletin and Midweek Newspapers. How do you know when it's time to cut a project that you think isn't working? Well, you know, I can honestly say that, that I've never really cut a project. I've, like, completely stopped it or went back to something. What, what I think is, is a real skill set, and I try to tell many of my managers over the years, is that being able to recognize a project that is maybe not at certain increments of um, timeline is not working as well as you anticipated to be able to make adjustments. And you can call it changing it on the fly or, or however you want to uh, categorize it. But but not every plan is laid out on paper uh, perfectly. And I'm a big proponent of ready, fire, aim approach because, you know, 
too many times people get caught up in, in planning and planning and planning and planning and planning, and by the time you polish off your last page and your last power, uh, your last slide on your PowerPoint, then the target is moved. And and when you fire the pull the trigger, you're you're hitting you're missing something, and and the target is moved. And uh, you need to be able to make adjustments, uh, and have confidence that your your the base plan that you developed is correct, but maybe some of the elements of the strategies that you've employed are are not working, and you just change those. So it's interesting because your your philosophy is really entrepreneurial, and not real similar to most large corporations? Well, that's a, <laughs> sounds like we rehearsed this, but um, <laughs> that's a great question because I actually, one of the things that led me to, to make the, the career change uh, that, I, that I made when I was uh, the, uh, the, at the advertiser and the Hawaii newspaper agency as general manager, that I was sharing some of my, my thoughts with a, uh, another local business executive of my dilemma and, and, and whether I should make this career move. And, and um, as we talked, he said, you know, Dennis, I've always felt that you were a, a, uh, an entrepreneur in a corporate body. And, and maybe that's the conflict that I, I had sometimes when I would not be comfortable or, or, or get frustrated with, with uh, uh, corporate approaches. Not to, not to say that, you know, the corporations, including the, the Gannett company that I used to work for, were were bad or or wrong in their approach. It was just uh, uh, a style that that didn't really adapt to my strengths. And how did you find that was adapted by the organization? Because a lot of organizations stuck in bureaucracy don't want to move like that. They think differently. Yeah, uh, I guess I I guess I just got lucky, um, and it wasn't it wasn't anything real uh, that sticks out in my mind. You know, you were able to. I guess crawl up, or you're able to get really to a high position, even though you know you didn't finish school. Um, who have you had as a great mentor in your life that really helped you in your career path and the decisions that you made? Well, I think back from day one, I've had, and I've said this to many people, many folks that have worked for me over the years that are looking to to, to move because of their bosses. I've had a lot of great bosses. Uh, I'll just throw out a number. I don't know if it's exactly true, but let's say I, I think I've had maybe ten bosses. Uh, eight of those were really, really good, and 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 two weren't. So I, you know, you you take the ones that you really learn from all ten of those, and I, and I try to tell folks that that you can learn from everybody. And I didn't necessarily have any any one mentor, but I would say maybe the first boss I had when I when I first started in the business was probably my somebody I really thought about a lot because that was at a small place and and I was able to learn uh, quite a bit when you're at a smaller uh, company. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Feeling fine, we're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune nights, the sunshine in your mouth. 
For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Dennis Francis, president and publisher for the Star Bulletin and Midweek Newspapers. Dennis is involved in a number of community boards, including Friends for Cancer Research, Adult Friends for Youth, and is the incumbent chair for the state's March of Dimes. Being that, you know, I guess you stopped school because you said the money was good on the career side. Where in your career path did you stop and say, hey, this is time to start giving back to the community wherever you were located? Well, I would say that I probably never really thought about that much. Maybe it was my youth, but I, I until I came to Hawaii. And I, and, and I think that's one of the things that makes Hawaii special is that there is a, a sense of community here. And you know, everyone says that they have, and then they do, and, and other places on the mainland. But Hawaii has a, such a strong sense of it that it's a lot easier to to want to participate, and it also was natural because I'd been here quite a bit longer than I had other places. But um, you know, I, I think it's important to participate in the local organizations, uh, whether it's the Hawaii Food Bank, which I'm a board member of, or Diamond Head Theater, or Adult Friends for Youth. They're all quite different. But you need to be able to participate in, in things outside your normal circle. It's just a sense that you're in your business that you're profiting a lot from folks in the community, and it's not you know you have to go way back and not just say from uh, your your big customers, whether it's a, a CSO company or, or Sears who are advertising, but the people who are actually going into those stores, the residents and the community members like us, and and you need to participate in a way that's not just in ways that affect maybe the, the, the demographics that I, I, I live in and, and across a wide range. Do you mix the two together, nonprofit work and community work and business, or do you try to keep them separate? Oh, I think there's a lot of similarities. It's just that nonprofits are, are nonprofits. And, but a lot of the things that make a nonprofit very successful are the ones that are ran like a for-profit business. How are you determining which organizations you want to be a part of? Because I'm sure... Once you get on one or two and in your position, everybody wants you to pitch in and help out, right? Exactly. Uh, and that's true, not just for me, but for a lot of uh, folks in this community. We're, we're, a lot of us are on a lot of different boards, and sometimes it's quite easy. It's, it's one that you have a passion for and, and that you've been to a function or something, and you've seen some of the people and how they, uh, how they help uh, folks in the community. Uh, and then sometimes it's very simple. It's just someone who... Uh, uh, you answer the phone and they asked you, and you had a hard time saying no. What was the first organization that you were involved in, and were, did you just jump at it and say, definitely I'll help you out, or were you, did you have to think about that? Because, you know, like you said, you didn't really think about that too much before you did get involved. Yeah, I was asked initially to be a part of the Diamond Head Theater, and um, 
I didn't know really anything about the local community theater. But I was asked by uh, a friend who was on the board. They had a vacancy, and I felt like it was something that I, I wanted to do. I wanted to learn. Uh, it was not something that I, I knew really anything about. And uh, quickly within probably that year, I developed a real passion for it. I've been on the board ever since. It's probably certainly the the only board that I can say that I've, I've been on for quite some time. And I enjoy it. I've, I was the president uh, for three or four years and then the chair for two years, and now I'm the immediate past chair. So, What advice can you give our listeners? We have just a short amount of time. But those who are nervous about getting into something that they are not really knowledgeable about, but just basically just jumping in and learning, what was that experience like and what should they do about that? Well, I guess uh, I can say Nike, right? Maybe they'll be a sponsor. Um, <laughs> you just do it. You just jump in, listen a lot, and have confidence in yourself that you can uh, and you do have something to contribute. And, and it's not all about money. People, you know, organizations, the way the, the, the money is, uh, comes in in those organizations, it's fundraising and developing. Um, so you as an individual don't necessarily need to participate in a large sense that way, but, but it's an ability to, to affect others. And, and I think if you have that confidence in yourself uh, to be able to do that, then you, you should do it. You think that it's an important component of doing business in general, getting involved with community events and organizations? Well, I wouldn't say it's important. I would say it's a must. I think when you get to a certain level in your position in your career, you need to. And if, you, if you're not doing it now, you need to. Uh, and there are so many organizations in this community, so many. Uh, I could probably, you know, we could probably have a whole show on just listing them all that need key folks in the community to, to to help them. And you're you're not necessarily sometimes giving your your business expertise. Sometimes it's actually they need you to come in and pitch in uh, a night or so uh, a week or even a night a month to help them with things at, at their at their place. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.